Hello, and welcome to the Ground and Grow podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Estenson-Williams. I'm a Minnesota-based marriage and family therapist, yoga teacher, and I create mental health content to help you ground and grow. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's begin. Hello there. I hope you are all doing well today. In this episode, I am going to talk a little bit about what therapy looks like. Um, I know before I started therapy myself, and certainly before becoming a therapist myself, uh, I kind of had an idea what therapy looked like, but I wasn't really sure. And it can feel really scary to do things that are new for us. Um, I know for me, before starting therapy for the first time, I had like almost started therapy several times, right? I had looked up online like who I wanted to work with and drafted up an email and dialed the phone number, but almost clicked it, but didn't click it. So um, I, for me, I had a lot of anxiety. No surprise that uh, anxiety is one of the areas that I work a lot in. Um, I had a lot of anxiety. And for me, it's really helpful to just know what I am entering into, especially therapy, because that's so vulnerable. And we don't have the skills to practice um, uncertainty or different pieces yet, because that's things that we're going to learn in therapy. So I think some of that stuff can feel really scary and can be a really big limiting factor to starting therapy in the first place. I know for me, it took years uh, to actually launch into it and um, take that risk and practice it. And I think part of it is because I was going to school to become a therapist. So it was something I then gained a little more familiarity with, of course, and it felt a little bit less scary because I'm like, okay, I know the kind of people that are therapists and what this looks like. Um, but if the mental health field is something unfamiliar to you, this is probably going to feel even more scary. So I hope this episode is helpful for those of you who might also be a bit anxious and like to just be as prepared as possible and know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and if you're contemplating therapy and maybe just struggling to take that first step, I hope this just gives you a little information and confidence to jump into that. So of course, the first thing about like what therapy looks like is your own process in deciding to go to therapy. So this is something that most of us might have on in our mind for a while before we actually initiate therapy, where we think about like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Maybe we have a loved one that, you know, recommends therapy or talking to someone, getting some help. So we might notice some struggles. And with this, I want to say to everyone, if you are thinking about therapy, you deserve therapy. I've had so many intake sessions where someone talks to me and they say, I don't know if I am struggling enough to come to therapy or people feel guilty for taking up a spot um, because they think other people need it more, have more severe things going on. And I just want to say we all deserve therapy, whether it's big stuff, whether it seems like small stuff, but usually when we uncover it, there might be some deeper things to explore in there. Um, but really to say, if you're thinking about therapy, it's worth trying, right? You don't have to like meet some intense criteria or different pieces. Um, you deserve therapy and 
that's all I have to say on it. If you're thinking about it, try it out, check it out. And maybe this episode will help you understand what goes into the actual process of therapy. And then the next piece is finding a good fit with a therapist. So identifying who you might want to work with. And I have an episode, it's episode number 37, so it's a little farther down, but I have a whole episode that talks about finding a good fit in a therapist. And so I won't go super deep into it this time. I'll just kind of go over the foundational pieces. But if you are in this process and you're like, okay, I want to find a therapist that I feel really comfortable with, check out episode 37 after this so you can um, tap into that a little bit more and make sure you feel confident in finding a therapist that you want to work with. And um, I think finding, finding that comfort in a therapist is so important. So what you might start by doing is looking online, you know, just kind of Googling Like let's say you are looking to see someone and you're struggling with anxiety, you might say therapist for anxiety, Google and and see who pops up. Um, I can tell you that sometimes looking at um, little listservs can be nice. So psychology today is a really common one. Therapy Den is one that I personally love. So you can, you know, explore some different things like that. Maybe you want to see someone that you know, works at your healthcare provider. Um, you can always do that. Sometimes those are going to be a little bit longer wait lists, or maybe sometimes hard to have someone that has an opening that's a good fit, but that's certainly an option you can explore into and you can look at their bios and maybe someone great is there. Uh, there's also like clinics that might be around you. So maybe you've driven by somewhere that is, you know, you can see by their, their banner on the outside that they're a therapy clinic. So you might look up their website And I would say, like, take some time with this. Look at some options. You know, look for someone that talks about doing the kind of work that you think you want to do for yourself. If you're not sure where to start, that's okay. So you might, you know, just call up a clinic and say, hey, I'm not sure exactly who I want to work with. Um, Here's a little bit about what I want to work on. And they can usually find someone who's a good fit for you. I also want to say right now, if you're listening to this Uh, Live in 2023, I know that it can be really hard to find a therapist with openings, so there might be a wait list to get on to, Um, but this is where you might just check in at a lot of different places, so it might be something that takes a lot of time to find someone who has openings when you need it, who's also a good fit. Um, That can be tough, so I just want to validate that if, if this feels like a challenging step, it it just is a challenging step. Uh, A lot of us are needing therapy right now, and there's not a lot of therapists out there who can uh, fill that gap. There's there's work that needs to happen in the healthcare industry, but uh, you'll find someone, so keep working at it. Um, And always, you know, if you find someone that looks like a really good fit and they don't have openings, ask them if they have some recommendations. I know for me, I always have in my back pocket... Uh, people who do similar work that I do who can be a good fit for clients. So if you find someone that seems like a great fit, of course they will, you know, have have someone that they can recommend you to. So it's always worth asking a therapist that you're checking in with for help in this because the mental health field can be a little tricky to navigate. And I know at least I am always willing to help out someone who is looking for therapy. I'm willing to, you know, 
spend a little extra time to help them find that good fit for them. So I think most therapists out there operate like that. And so it's worth asking if you need some extra support. So you look for a therapist, you find one, you schedule that first session. Um, you might start off with just an initial consult. So most therapists, I know I do offer like a 15 minute free consultation so we can hop on video or hop on the phone and just kind of see if we'd be a good fit. I can talk a little bit about myself. Uh, mostly, usually the client has, you know, checked out my website pretty extensively at that point, but I'm, you know, happy to answer any questions they have learn a little bit about them, and I will let them know, like, hey, we could be a really good fit. Or I might say, ooh, this is an area that I don't have a lot of competency in, so here's who I'd recommend. So if you're not 100% sure if this therapist you looked up is going to feel like a good fit, of course, you're not going to feel like 100% until you really get in the work with them, but if you're kind of like, I think they seem good for me, but I'm not 100% sure... If I want to set up that first session, you can always set up an initial consultation. Most therapists offer that, and that can give you a nice idea on if you feel comfortable with them. It um, doesn't have to mean that they are an expert in all of the things that you want to work on, but if they just give you some level of comfort and feel like someone you'd be willing to talk to about some vulnerable things. So that can give you a little information on, all right, am I ready to jump into this with them? And once you do that, you book your first session, you'll have some paperwork to do before the intake session begins. So this is going to look like a lot of forms you have to sign off on, legal forms and things like that. I recommend reading them um, or at least skimming and reading the parts that feel important, like confidentiality and knowing like their fees and policies. Um, therapists usually are going to run over those in the first session, but it's a lot of information. And if we went over every detail in the first session, that could take the entire first hour. And so usually we just kind of hit the main points and see what questions you have. So going through the paperwork on your own is going to be a nice way to kind of prepare yourself for, okay, what does therapy with this therapist look like? And if I am unfamiliar with what therapy looks like or like the ethical and legal pieces around it, that can be really helpful to know like, all right, what stuff is confidential and what kinds of things are they mandated to report on so that I know ahead of time before jumping into anything, um, all of that jazz. So that is going to be helpful. I know there's a lot of like legal jargon in, in the paperwork stuff. So personally, I kind of like skim it and then just really read the, the parts that feel important or the parts that I don't know. Um, so you're going to go through some of that paperwork, lots of signatures, and then you'll also fill out an intake questionnaire. There might be some assessments on anxiety and depression in there, uh, but you're going to give some information about who you are. So for me personally, in my practice, this isn't how every single therapist practices, but some variation of this is, is going to be common or, or like a general thing that shows up. Um, when someone books their first session with me, I send all this paperwork to them virtually so they can read through, sign off, and then they have that saved. So it's always in their client portal if they need a refresh or check on things. Um, and then I have an intake questionnaire that has, you know, questions about what they're looking to work on, as well as some background questions relating to if they have any previous experience with getting therapy, uh, questions about family systems, stuff like that, just so I have some information before we jump in 
because um, some of that is going to let me know as I'm reading through it. Some of it's going to let me know, oh, yes, let's spend some time on this on the intake because this feels really helpful. Um, and it also lets me weed out questions, right? If we're looking through this and, and they say they've never been to therapy before, then I know, okay, cool. This is fresh, a fresh start. So we're not going to spend much time on previous therapy experience because they don't have any. So personally, I love when people are detailed in their, um, paperwork that they're giving me because I like to read that before we meet so that I can save us some time on some general questions and we can jump into what's going to be most helpful and, and make the most of that intake session, which leads me to the intake session itself. So the first session, maybe the first couple sessions, but often, you know, just that first session is going to feel a little bit different than ongoing sessions. So here is where you... We'll go over kind of your, your history, your background, what you're looking to work on. There might be a little time to go over like some of the informed consent things and, you know, all that stuff to just make sure you're oriented to therapy. So I'll share what it looks like for me. Again, this isn't going to be exactly the same with every therapist, but gives you kind of a nice idea of what's pretty common. Um, so for me, you know, first we start off with, do you have any questions from the informed consent? I do run over a few important points such as, um, confidentiality and, you know, fees and how that process works. It's all in the informed consent paperwork that they got, but I just really like to make sure that they understand those important policies before we get started, just so there's no surprises if they skimmed through that part of their paperwork. And of course, space for questions if they have any before we get started. Um, if we've already had an initial 15 minute consult, we might have already identified some pieces like about what I, my style of therapy or what it looks like. But if we haven't had a 15 minute consult and this is our first time meeting, I usually let them know, hey, this is what therapy with me looks like, just so they can get an idea of my uh, process and what to expect. And then I, of course, let them know, all right, this first session is more of an information gathering session. There's not going to be a lot of processing. Of course, I, you know, in, in that first session, I'll validate some things. We might spend a little time on topic to topic just to kind of get that foundation there. But it's not necessarily going to be the kind of session where you jump in with one big theme um, and explore one big scenario. Unless, of course, someone is maybe coming like to therapy fresh off of a trauma experience or, or something that feels really important to like get all the details out and process, they're welcome to do that, of course. But most of the time, it's me asking some questions. We spend a little time here and there, but it's kind of a broad overview of what the client is looking to work on, um, get an idea of like their daily life, whether it be work, family, um, different things like that, a little history of family dynamics, stuff like that. And then we'll touch a little bit on like what goals they want to work on. Um, and for me in between that very first session and our next session, I draft up a treatment plan based on the things that they were talking about and the goals that they wanted to work on. Uh, with my license, I am required to have a diagnosis on there, but as I personally don't work with insurance, 
there are a wider variety of diagnoses that I can do. So I don't have to only pick a diagnosis that is reimbursable by insurance, such as like anxiety, depression, adjustment disorder, things like that. Most of us fit one of those. So that is it. those are some common ones that are on there. Um, but sometimes these might just, you know, be other diagnosis like relating to separation from a spouse or different pieces. So they don't necessarily have to meet um, reimbursable clinical symptoms to work with me. Um, but don't worry if you are working with someone who accepts insurance, you'll probably fit at least adjustment disorder. So the way I look at it, the DSM, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual, which has all of our uh, different diagnoses that we can fit. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with it. I love it in that it gives us a good idea of like some groupings of symptoms and some things to be mindful of, and it helps make sure people can get services they need. But I think it can sometimes be stigmatizing or making us feel like something is wrong with us if we fit something on there. And I just like to look at it as like most of the things in there are just things that we all kind of experience in different phases of our life. Like we have our different things, right? So for me, anxiety is a common one that's going to show up. And in tougher moments or life transitions, I'm going to meet criteria for some anxiety disorder. Uh, for others, it might be some depressive disorder. And, and so these can be really normal experiences. Um, of course, for some more severe diagnoses where specific treatment or medication things are going to be really important, um, for example, like some different types of psychoses or different things like that, I think, of course, that's really helpful, gives some really good information and makes sure people get the level of treatment they need. Wonderful. But if you're just kind of going through, you know, outpatient therapy and you're like, I'm not sure if I need therapy or not, and gosh, am I going to fit a diagnosis on here? Don't worry if you fit a diagnosis. That's normal. Um, but yeah, so so whether you work with someone who takes insurance or doesn't take insurance might change a little bit of the diagnoses that are on there. But all that to say, most of us, um, our license requires us to have some diagnosis on there. And so my treatment plan has whatever diagnoses they might fit. Um, I might be like thinking about some additional diagnoses, like maybe I need more information over time and, and I'll be open with a client if they are really curious about their diagnoses and want to know more information on that. Um, and then I also put treatment goals on there. And so what I do in between the first session and the next one that we meet is I will send that initial treatment plan their way and it'll have just some general goals. Mine are pretty broad. Every therapist is a little different on how specific they are with their treatment plan and treatment goals. Some therapists are um, very specific. They have some very specific, super measurable goals that they're going to check on really frequently with a client. Um, and sometimes if you're working with someone who accepts insurance or you're working in a certain kind of therapy program, um, they might have requirements about certain specific measurable goals. So I know I've had to do those in the past. And so that might be the style that your therapist takes, or you might have a therapist who's a little bit more general. So I'm on the end or I'm a little bit more general. Um, I do a treatment plan with goals. And in our second session, I will talk a little bit about diagnoses that they fit, 
sometimes clients really want to know more information about that. Sometimes clients are like, I don't want to get too much in that. Um, so I'll kind of check with their comfort level on that. Um, and then we'll talk about the goals and here we can kind of check in on if there's any other goals they want to focus on and mine are pretty broad. So a common one that I have in there is going to be like building confidence in self-worth, right? So I think this is one we can all do, or maybe it's like building coping skills and different things. Sometimes there's um, specific things we add in. Let's say someone's coming to therapy to work on family boundaries. So that might be a part of it too. But a lot of the time they're they're pretty broad, pretty general goals coming from me. And we check on them as, as much as is helpful for the client. Uh, because I don't take insurance, I don't have to necessarily meet the criteria that uh, insurances would want me to do because I just want to do what's helpful for the client. And sometimes I know for me as a client, I don't want to spend lots of time going over a treatment plan again and again and again as long as in our sessions, we're being, you know, open and processing what my goals are and all of that. So that might vary a little bit on how in-depth that is with your therapist. Um, and then in that first session, you'll, you know, probably just review or in that second session, your first kind of like regular session after the intake, you will review the treatment plan usually and just kind of jump in with whatever feels helpful. So this is of course going to depend on what you're coming to therapy for, um, and some therapists are going to be more direct and kind of like wanting to start somewhere where other therapists like myself might be more like, Hey, where, where do you want to start off? Where feels helpful? Of course I have ideas. Um, I can always take a little bit more of the reins if a client isn't sure where to start, but a lot of the times clients are like, this is what I want to talk about. So we jump in there. And with this, I'll recommend uh, a frequency for a client. And this will depend on what they're coming in for. But most of the time, my recommendation is, you know, at least for those first few months, coming in a bit more frequently. So that might be every week or every other week or as close to that as possible, just so we can kind of get the ball rolling and get to know each other and get in the groove of therapy because it can take some time. And then that frequency might change. So for some people... They really like to stick on with a regular frequency for a long time. Might be six months, might be a year, might be longer. Um, and others like to phase out a little bit. So they might start off weekly and then go to every other weekly and then go to monthly and then um, quarterly. And then it you know, might end up being just as is needed. So this is also a question you might want to ask your therapist if you're someone that's like, hey, I want to get into this work, but then I just want the option to come in as needed later on. Check in with your therapist if that's something that they do. Some therapists prefer to just jump into the work and then wrap up with a client and, and maybe they revisit when there's like some big deep work to do, um, but they might not generally take on like long-term processes. Some clients love that and that's their jam, so that's going to be a great fit. But for me, I love the long-term work. I do attachment trauma work that is long-term work. So usually it looks like having some more frequent sessions initially, slowly phasing out, and, and we check in over time with where their comfort level is with that, how confident they're feeling in their skills practice at home, and then they might phase out to just coming in as needed. I have some people that come in like once or twice a year just when they want to kind of get a little refresh or if something shows up and they want to process through it. So 
talk with your therapist and they'll talk with you about what that looks like for them. But going back to kind of this, this first regular session, you'll be jumping in probably wherever feels best for you to start, probably with whatever presenting thing is showing up. And with this, I want to say like you get to have this collaborative relationship with your therapist as much as you want, right? Some people want a therapist that's going to be more direct. Some therapists or some people want a therapist that's going to be a little bit less direct. So that's going to be part of like finding your good fit. But I think for, for everyone, like, you know, make sure you feel comfortable or at least work towards gaining that comfort with your therapist in letting them know if there's something that you do want to talk about or don't want to talk about. So I personally, and most therapists will do this, um, let clients know, hey, if I ask a question that doesn't feel comfortable yet, you don't feel ready to talk about that with me, that's okay. Let me know and we'll move on to something else. So don't feel like signing up for therapy means you have to like have your heart like bared right open right off the bat. We know it takes time to gain comfort in these things. So um, you're allowed to take that time. And so your frequency, typically it's going to be a little bit more regular from the get-go. And so sessions, you know, they'll probably follow a theme. You don't have to know what you want to talk about every single time. So a lot of the time clients come in and they're like, here's what I want to talk about. But sometimes we as clients, we show up and we're like, I have this session and I'm not really sure what to talk about. Don't worry, your therapist is prepared for that. They're, they're used to that. They've got things that they are curious about and want to talk about. So they'll bring up some things. Um, I would say most of the time when, when a client shows up and they're like, I don't know what I want to talk about. By the end of the session, we're both kind of like, wow, for not knowing what you wanted to talk about, we really had a productive session. We really went through some big and important things. So it, it can be helpful to be prepared of like, hey, what do I want to talk about in my session or what feels important to me just to make sure you're getting the most out of your time. But if you don't know what you want to talk about, that's okay too. You'll, you'll get there. You and your therapist will get there. And then, yep, yeah, you have your ongoing sessions. And I would say throughout that, you and your therapist will have these conversations about, you know, how the frequency feels, if you want to change the frequency, when you want to wrap up. So if there's a time where you're like, all right, I want to wrap up, maybe the door is open, you know, if you want to come back, but you might feel really good with the goals that you're at and um, ready to kind of discontinue therapy. So let your therapist know that. Um of course, if you just feel really uncomfortable with your therapist and it's not a great fit and you kind of just want to ghost them and find a different therapist or whatever, that's okay. Like, I think, of course, we as therapists like to know what's going on and like to have these conversations with clients and everything. But if it's just not a good fit and the best thing for you is to just move on and not approach that confrontation or something like, don't worry about it. Just move on. Do what you need to do. Like cancel whatever sessions you have, send them an email or whatever, but, um, move on if you need to. But if you know, you're working with your therapist and you're ready to wrap up and you have a good relationship with them, I recommend not ghosting them. You know, having, having this wrap up with them, I think can be a really beautiful thing. Um, and we as therapists, we don't want you to stay in therapy beyond what you need. Um, we're not just like, oh, I want to make their money and have them continue coming in, right? Like we want you to spread your wings and do your own thing and like 
I know I always want to keep the door open so you have a trusted space to come back to when life needs that. But I love to see clients who are ready to like move on with with what they're doing on their own a little bit more, have that confidence in their self. And so therapists are going to be happy to process that with you and, and let you know if they think you're ready or if they think there are some other goals to focus on. Um, but I think it can be really a beautiful way to check in, reflect on the work together, and have a really lovely wrap-up um, and give you a little direction for you know how you can continue the work on your own too. So that's a little bit about what therapy looks like. Um, I know I emphasize a little bit more about like the details and starting off because I think that is the stuff that we can get the most nervous about, right? Once we're in the groove of it and feel a little bit more comfortable with our therapists, like we can kind of set the direction ourselves even. Um, but starting off can feel really scary. And I also want to really note that therapists know that. Um, most of us didn't come to this field because... Um, we're just like interested in the human brain and we've never struggled ourselves. Like most of us came to this field because we've had our own struggles and we might be very interested in the human experience, but um, we can probably relate to our clients. Most of us work in areas where we may have also either experienced something ourselves or know someone that has experienced it. We have some familiarity with it. Um, we have compassion with what we work with. So if you are feeling really anxious and you are starting therapy with a therapist who specializes in anxiety, I can almost guarantee that they know what it's like to feel anxious. <laughs> so for me, when I have a client who is, um, I think this maybe speaks to like how um, in my niche I am, is that so many of my clients approach starting work with me in similar ways that I have approached starting therapy, right? Like wanting all the information, uh, feeling a bit nervous, struggling with the vulnerability, but jumping into it when it feels comfortable. Um, so all that to say, your therapist gets it. They've probably been there themselves and it's okay to feel nervous. It's okay to say you're nervous. Your therapist might be a little nervous, right? Meeting a new client can feel a little nerve-wracking on our end too, like exciting, but a little nervous, like we want to come off our best and, and all that too. So you're not alone if it feels a little uncomfortable. If you feel a little nervous, that's okay. And your therapist gets it. And I think it's helpful to let them know if you're feeling nervous because then they can really hold space for that too. So that is kind of therapy in a nutshell and I know that therapy can look like so many different things but I hope um, and I, I believe that I focused on some common factors especially in starting off like what therapy generally looks like and if you're starting in and it doesn't feel great that's okay like shift shift to someone else um Make sure you feel comfortable and listen in episode 37 if you're more curious about finding a good fit because I think that is a huge part of the equation personally because I think that therapeutic relationship is a really big part of your process in therapy. So I hope this was helpful. If you have more questions on what therapy looks like or there's things that you feel nervous about, let me know. Send me an email or... Uh, message on Instagram because I'd be happy to talk a little bit more in other content or episodes about the questions that are common and come up. 
All right. Well, I hope you have a lovely rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If I referenced any links in this episode, you can find them below in the show notes. If you like the Ground and Grow podcast, I would greatly appreciate a rate and review from wherever you're listening so that others can find us too. If you'd like to be the first to know when new episodes are coming out, you can subscribe as well as follow me on Instagram at Kayla Estenson Wellness for all updates. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you again soon.